0: Okay, good evening, everybody, and welcome along to the Still Parents Podcast. My name is Dan. Obviously, we're here with Ryan from the Lily May Foundation. Evening, Ryan. How are you? Imagine you're a bit happy
1: because your team won yesterday. It's the most played fixture. There's Ryan's football fact today. <laughs> uh, <that> most <laughs> played fixture, two hundred and fifth time it was
0: yesterday. Wow. I love that you're now doing these football facts at the start of the podcast. Look how happy you can wait for that.
1: I've got got, yeah, I've got it written down on my paper as well.
0: (laughs) And hello, Matt. How are you, Matt? I'm happy because we haven't played
2: yet this weekend. So, I'm, you know, Matt,
0: the Baggies fam. You're looking <laughs> quite. Now, I'm not sure if it's always the same on, um, it can look different on different people's screens, but on my Zoom, I'm immediately above Matt and he's making me look a bit albino here because you look cracking tan on the. Are you like signing up for some modeling? Because last week we thought uh-huh. you whitened your teeth. This week you're coming in with your tan. Danny looks like he's Matt. been tangoed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and our guest for this episode, Gary Anderson, author of Daddy and the Two Bears. Who is joining us tonight, Gary? Welcome along to oh, the Still Parrots podcast. How are you? How are you, first of all? Oh, thanks for having us.
3: I'm I'm fine, thanks. All good. I'm unhappy because Newcastle got beat off Arsenal the other day, but that's nothing new for us. So.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. So you're obviously from from the area, from the northeast, as uh, as the accents probably already given away. But you're living in you're in are you in Sutton Coldfield or near? I'm South in Sutton. No, I've been I've been in
3: Birmingham for twenty years. now. So I've been down here 20 years, but I'm a, I'm from a place called Barracka upon tweed
0: uh, so sort of 60 miles north of Newcastle. Yeah. So yeah, Gary is our guest on the, what what episode are we on for series two? Is it episode four, isn't it? We're on episode okay, number four. four. And yes, we talk all things baby loss. We are focusing on if this is the first time you've, you've listened or watched, focusing on it from the men's angle. The reason why we started this: men don't talk enough, and it's a stereotype, and it's there because it's it's mostly true. I think not as bad as it used to be men are talking more and just encouraging that whether you just want to listen and then reach out to somebody just to know that people are here and there's there's uh, voices and there's ears everywhere. So you're not alone. And in particular, if you are struggling, if you've gone through uh, or going through the situation, uh, if you've lost a child, even if it was a long time ago, then Amy and Ryan from the Lily May Foundation are always there to offer their support to you. And this is the reason why we've got Gary Anderson on as well today, because his book came out in March. Yeah, it's right. May now, isn't it? So I can't say last month. Wow, it's May. And right. it's called right. Daddy and the Two Bears. And it's not your first your first book, is it? it it's my right?
3: first book has been published. I, I, my, life I, my life story's finished, but I put it on hold to get okay. this one out. That's, that, that was the reason that one comes out next. Yeah, exactly the same time as this one came up, but a year, year in the future.
0: There was an article in the Birmingham Mail, which uh, came out at the end of March. I will link that if you're not seeing it in the description to this also. First of all, Gary, as we always do, and you can take as long or as short doing this as you like. Could you just tell us uh, about your your situation with your your wife, Michelle? And it was twins, wasn't it, that you, that you lost? Yeah, it was
3: twins. Uh, we It was in 2003. We, we'd been trying for a, a baby for a good 18 months and thought we actually we couldn't have a baby in the end to be honest and it's mad how that happens so that when we decided to see maybe go to doctors and end up to go down the fertility way michelle fell pregnant with like a lot of people that seems to happen that so then obviously went to the, the, the hospital like all of us do and uh, went to uh, dudley road we went to and had the scan and found out we had tons and just uh the joy for that was just unbelievable, to be honest. It was just to find out we we're, were struggling to have one, and actually get told we're going to have two it was just the best feeling ever, uh, to be honest. But sadly, then we could tell actually the the lady who done this uh, the scan. We we kind of thought there was something wrong then. Uh, more I'm Michelle, really. and uh, Mom, Michelle, and me because me being a bloke i was just excited i'm having twins but michelle was quite in tune with what was going on i was just just up in the clouds really mm. uh, but michelle said there's something not right and that's when they actually decided to refer us to the birmingham women's hospital to, to the fetal ward actually yeah and that was
0: our journey from there to be honest do you mind uh, from that point what happened from from there
3: From the fetal, uh, well, we went there and obviously we went to the fetal ward and we had another big, a a really big scan actually, and we found out uh, there might have been Down syndrome, but actually it was uh, a twin-to-twin syndrome they had. uh, Okay. And that's, that's, sadly, that's obviously a a very tough process for my wife, to be honest. Uh, For what she went through to try and keep the little ones alive
1: is unbelievable. Gary, is that... um... Is that the twin-to-twin uh, transfusion yeah. syndrome? Is it? Yeah. So yeah. that is. Am I right in thinking that's where one twin gets more blood? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, right. The other so one obviously grows, and and the other one.
3: One feeds the other one too. It's almost even it too much, and one's done without it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's more complicated than that Ryan, but I think even myself at that time, I I I, I in my head, I was so convinced I was still going to survive. I, yeah. I almost wouldn't take any negativity of the seriousness was going on, I just wanted to block it out and block it out and block it out. So if you ask me to tell you, explain about twin to twin, I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to do that. I, I was just wanted to know my, my babies were going to be all right. That's yeah. all I wanted to know, to be honest. As, as a little boy, I, I, you don't realise at the time, I I, I don't want to go into too much detail because it, it it's it's not pleasant. I, I had been abused when I was a kid. So that's where my mental health started. Although we don't realise what mental health is then, uh, I I can see it now. And obviously over the years of therapy I had, but I started from a a, a very
1: young boy, uh, traumas and different things from then. And I suppose Uh, at that time as well, Gary, mental health, if you like, was probably not even a term that was ever widely used or, or acknowledged as it is today.
3: No, definitely, and and
1: my, my dad—it's they,
3: they, they weren't the most loving parents, and uh, you know, but I understand that on their my own mm. background because of how they had their childhood. Mm. So it's just passed down. Sometimes it's—I think they actually tried as best they could, but they just shouldn't have been together, to be honest. And uh, it's,
0: especially when you're when you're a child, it's there's no concept. You don't know. You just think it's normal. No, this is what I this thought is it was what my fault. Like. I, yeah, I, I, I blame myself as a child yeah. because I was constantly in
3: trouble. But again, when looking back now, it's all because of the traumas. And that was the only yeah, yeah. way I knew how to communicate just by getting into trouble. I got no attention for doing good things. Yeah. Learned from doing bad things. I got a lot of attention. Yeah. Hence the wrong attention. But yeah. I, got, I got noticed, was... to be honest, Dan.
1: Yeah. I think, I, I, I mean, yeah. I've, I, myself and Matt probably empathize with that very well in the respect that we've both been, or sorry, Matt still works with kids in school, but being a teacher. Yeah. But you used to you did used to see that the, the naughty kids actually to some extent were only doing it like you say for the attention yeah. because they, they weren't getting it at home. So they wanted the attention when they're in school. And then actually when you sat them down, they were, you know, nine times out of ten, they were really nice kids.
3: Cause, yeah, you, you, you have to look past the behaviour. That That's the big thing for me. You look past the behaviour. And going through schools and just class as a bad person, my parents class me as a bad person, and you end up going into the, the criminal justice thing as a young boy. You're no good. So you, you just start to believe this is who you are, you know. And, yeah, I hold my hand up. I deserve what happened to me. I don't take that away. I'm not, I'm not one to feel sympathy for me or anything. Hmm. But I see where it comes. And, like, you've worked in schools. I work in schools now with... have a safeguarding me programs for kids like teaching kids at 10 year old through storytelling and things i do all that now myself in schools so trying to put something back and and i think you said at the beginning the program it's it's good to talk you you forget that all the time now but you have to be able to listen people forget that if you you can talk all you want to but if if somebody's not listening i'm going to shut up you have to listen It's it's just as important as talking
0: it's very true, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of the time you, you you can hear two people talking to each other at the very same time. And I'm like, well, who's actually listening in this then? Yeah. Both people are speaking. I've got my point across, but yeah. no one's actually heard it. Almost ironic then. Um I was talking at the same time as Matt. Go ahead, Matt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, um I I was I was just gonna really add to what you you said, Dan, the fact that um it, I think listening is uh quite underrated sometimes. Yeah, and um and it's underrated by, especially adults. I think sometimes kids are better listeners than, yeah. than adults. And and I think that if you give them a chance, they really have got some decent decent things to say because they, they're sponges. They just mm. take everything on. Whereas adults, we've got like our way, I believe. And I think unless you learn to listen, I think it's very tough to be able to give the right advice as well. Absolutely true.
0: Also, I the art of conversation isn't it if you know that the person that you're talking to is listening to you and vice versa you're going to get more depth of the conversation sometimes i know if it feels like okay i've only got five or six seconds to get my point across here before the other person will start again you're not really listening because in your head you're thinking okay how can what am i going to say and then you're just waiting yeah. for that moment so you're listening but you're not hearing how did this tragedy affect your your perspective life and there are themes that keep coming up a lot one of the ones that we did gary was uh, distractions and there's different nuances with each person how long they last for what are the distractions are they good ones are they bad ones was there anything which sticks out for you with that gary
3: i mean for me i i I had before i met michelle i had a big alcohol problem to be honest Uh, and that was my crutch that that was my it was a kind of a mad thing alcohol for me it was a friend and it was a foe had you know I was a friend for a few pints so it'd give me that confidence of and that then it was my enemy because it was a self-destruction and you know destroying people's lives and that's how that's the kind of person I was back then. But obviously when that was going on with the twins, I was so tempted. I remember coming home one night and just pouring all that vodka down the, the sink to try and get her away with with it. But I had I stayed at work. I went back into work very, very quickly I was working on the doors at the time because my my mental health was so poor at that time. I couldn't really yeah. work full time. Okay, I was I, I was working as a doorman, which I, I I could do, but I could feel the anger was coming out in the doors, and, and yeah. I, I, that's actually not as much as someone. It's, it's not me. I'm quite a calm person, really, but I was almost looking for th- somebody just to kick off so I could yeah. lose yeah. my temper with them and get it all out because that's, that was my default to hit something to hit somebody. I know that's wrong, but that was my default. You know? Yeah, you, you're right. There's the awareness of it. And yeah. was
0: was there a time that that boiled over because because of what happened?
3: Yeah, I, I remember going to work one one night, and uh, i was about half a mile away from work, and this car skidding in front of me with young lads in it, probably eighteen, nineteen year old. And I just and they would like, I'm still my fingers up. They'll give me the fingers and things <laughs> like that. Uh, so I just saw red, red then, and I remember getting the car trying to bump the the back of their car, and they took off. And I just flew after them with a the car and trying to ram that car, and I, I just totally lost it. Can you remember what you were feeling at the time? If you've been there before, especially that red mist, you don't. I don't know where I am. Yeah. I yeah. have. I just have a clue. Afterwards, I feel terrible. You know, yeah. I could have killed somebody. I could have killed myself. And obviously, you know, how, how was that going to relate it to Michelle? So all that stuff comes down, and that's the self destruction part. You start yeah. beating yourself up. It's it's like a, a hamster yeah. wheel. It's just. Yeah. Goes round and round and round, uh, beating yourself up and things like that, uh, which I've I've been most of my life, really, to be honest. How long did you do the door door work for? I I've been in security for about twenty years, to be honest. But at, at that time, you know, obviously it, it was an easy job for me because I could still do my therapy under the psychologist. Yeah. So I could, I, and I was doing two
0: two days a week then. I just wanted to find out who I was. Were you talking to people like you know with with Dorman? There's normally more than one of you. Yeah, there's three of us. Yeah. Did the did the guys know uh, what was going on with you? Did you talk? Did you ever talk to them about it? No. Oh, I didn't. Nobody knew. No, I was I was so ashamed. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'd have
3: been. I, I know when I was 18. I know I'm going off the tangent here. When I was 18, no, I, I, I went to see my dad and I asked him for help. And I remember him saying it, and he's still there. You're a man, son, and that just destroyed me. And I, and I just started counselling at 18, and I was so ashamed. that, and that was me. They sent me to a mental hospital at that time, and I was just so ashamed. I just packed it all in and never went back because I was just so embarrassed by it all. I just thought I was
1: weak. Yeah, you
0: know? and which I think you after, clearly know. I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, I I, I love your honesty. I think it's uh, it's it's amazing.
1: I think as well that shows a real generational shift as well because I think um I mean I've spoken before where and I, I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to I don't want to bring him into it but. We've always um, been quite open ourselves, Um, both me, even to the extent, you know, Amy's dad who's chair to the charity and stuff. But there was almost that generational shift where there was, you know, the stiff upper lip, have a cup of tea sort of thing. And I think most recently, I think if you look at people like Prince William, Prince Harry, people like that have been real good ambassadors for... Um, mental you know mental health illness and mental health support um, it's really shifted the generation to be able to be more open and, and speak that little bit more if that was now imagine you were 18 now yeah it would be really interesting actually to see whether that type whether that comment would be said to you now with the way mental health is spoken about so freely in yeah. comparison to obviously, you know, going back X amount of years to where mental health wasn't spoken about so freely. I just
3: thought, to me, you're just an alien. You think you're the only one that's suffering back then. Uh, nobody else is suffering. So it's just a total shame if anybody had found out. I I, I had it so... I remember at 16, on Valentine's Day, I, did, I decided to end my life. And I remember I had, I had a 50... It sounds funny now when you're a 50cc motorbike. And I thought, I'm going to try and hit the this wagon on the A1. I was trying to get as fast as I could, probably 30 mile an hour. Well, I missed the wagon and I had to, there's a Mark, Mark II Escort. So that shows how old that, that long ago that was. And then I always remember waking up, the ambulance were there and, and I just opened my eyes and just thought, I can't even do this, right? That's how I felt. It just, I just
0: tormented, Yeah. You know? I think it might take another generation or two because that whole comment of, that guys say to other guys, you know, maybe the the dads or the uncles, or yeah. I had it with a boss uh, who was uh, a bit older a few years back, and it's the whole, you know, gr- grow a pair, be a man. What are you? It's like, um, well, hang on, what, what? So I have to, I have to do that to prove to you, and it doesn't make it. And you do, you leave rooms and you question yourself. What you
3: do because you and believe your yeah. parents, don't you? They're 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 they care- yeah, yeah. caregivers. You trust them what they're saying, so you naturally believe mm. what they're saying. And need, me, it needs to. Start a primary school, this and they need to make a lesson of it now to start a primary school and not not year six. almost like it's a come in the door, start from talking about mental yeah. health from that an age 100%. appropriate uh, thing. Then, then generations will, and nobody will be worried about mental health, they'll be able to talk openly about it. You know, my generation is going to be different, I know that. But my son, uh, he's six, uh, 14, my daughter's 16, they understand about mental health. Yeah. And so, I'm hoping when they have kids. It's not really going to be a problem anymore. Nobody be talking about it. It's just going to be natural. Like exactly. You talk about football, cricket, boxing. It's just going to be a natural conversation where people chat. Yeah. I would actually like to be yeah. out of a job being a counsellor. I, yeah. think, I think
1: you don't need to have any counsellors anymore. And uh, you would hope as well that yeah. because people talk, because, let, because it is the only illness that you can't see, yeah, definitely. It's an invisible, Ill- well, I say, you know, we're going through the pandemic at the moment where it's the invisible illness, but this is an, it's an invisible illness yeah. an yeah. invisible, that's obviously you can't see. It. And you said there, um, Gary, about the torment that you, you know, that you put yourself through. And for me, it was more about, I wanted people to hurt as much as I was hurting Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was for me. I wanted people to almost step inside my body and realise exactly what I was feeling. And, yeah. and it would take, you know, that little spark, yeah. one little thing. Like for me, it was playing football. If if somebody said or did something kind on of a football pitch, well, that was it. You yeah. were sort of, you know, like the, the first person I was going to hurt you. If I got into a, into a, a tackle with you, you were going to come out hurt because... You've you've overstepped the mark, or you've said something, or you've done something which has made which has flipped my switch, and yeah. uh, and like you say, the red mist comes down. And oh, definitely, it's so have hard you, to have you, remove yourself from it once it comes down. Yeah, have yeah.
2: you seen the fella up in um, Scotland who walked off a pitch this week? No, I haven't saw no, that. Do that? Or is he played for Arbroath, maybe, and um, he'd basically come out publicly and said that he was close to ending his life a few months back. And he was playing in a in a game, and um, one of the opposition players said that um, you should have you should have done the job correctly in the first place. And he 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 walked off. He made a video, mm. um, and basically said that this needs to happen more because just because I'm playing football, why should I have to have? Yeah, absolutely. This? And, and and ultimately, we're talking about generation changes. It's 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 an attitude attitude change, yeah. but it's also it's also the people like us who are trying to talk about it, standing strong, not being aggressive about it, but making sure we stand to a point of um, we are going to talk about this, and we don't really, we don't really care about how you're going to feel. To be honest with you, yeah. that's 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 what I think. It? It's the whole stigma,
0: isn't it? Still now it's it's there and i still see some people roll their eyes or will have something bad to say just at the mere bringing up of the topic or let's talk mental health and someone will go oh here we go again and things like that need to change so never don't feel as if you can't talk to somebody anyone you know with a member of your own family or if you don't feel like you can talk to a member of your family reach out to there's there's multiple resources and as we say look the internet can be a very toxic place but on the flip side If you want to look at it from a half-full perspective, you've never had more access to being able to speak to somebody almost instantaneously, not posting a letter and waiting a few weeks. You can just go on and do it straight away. (laughs) You did a little spell in in Afghanistan.
3: It was my way out, Mm. in a sense, I believe, to get away from all the troubles I had in my own town. And I saw an advert in the sun going back to 93, I think it was train as a body, the bodyguard and my nana and granddad died within 11 days of each other left me a thousand pounds and I knew that I thought I'd just pissed it against the wall and I put it to a bodyguard course and that was my way out to try and get away from the town and my demons but I realised looking back I was just running away from them to be honest they mm. still still follow, they still come with you so anyway I, I'd actually worked for gangsters and things as a, as a bodyguard and all the wrong people, I went down the wrong road for mm. that and but actually when I turned my life around I wanted to do it properly and hence mm. I worked in Uganda for a while and went off to Libya to work. Then Headed from Libya over to Afghanistan for three months.
0: Was it you who caught Gaddafi?
3: No, no, I nearly did. (laughs) When I was working there, I I was actually working in the care industry as well. I was working with kids who'd been abused. So I was was Mm. trying to almost do half and half, but I was almost at that time, because of my mental health, I was embarrassed as well, even to say I was working in care with kids
0: because I perceived that as soft and weak. Yeah. Oh, okay. This all goes back. Sorry to jump in. This all goes back to what you were saying earlier. Just the the impressions, you know, yeah. the way that you learned how to deal with emotions from that young age. Because yeah. there's absolutely nothing to be embarrassed about well, that. It's uh, quite old school, isn't it? The soft side. It's okay. You don't have to just be hard.
3: No, I, I I made myself so far male dominated in the sense to not look at any sort of soft side or weak oh. side to me, and it was almost it was just. Facage, uh, really, that's not mm. who I am but I, become, I lost who I was I became a chameleon to be honest I just, mm. I knew how to fit in but then I lost my own identity there yeah. I had no a clue who I was How did you get that back? Uh, meeting Michelle uh, in 99 uh, as I said earlier I'd walked into a pub to, with me and my boss to take out some drug dealers actually and I met her, I met her there really and a year later I was married to her and she, she was a school teacher over there I do believe things happen for a reason. Some people might say they don't, but that woman has saved my life. Meeting her absolutely saved my life, and what she's went through with me—the cancer, the losing it, the, the
0: twins—it's she doesn't deserve any of that, man. She's she's an angel. Her like Michelle, yeah. For anyone who hasn't read the article yet, or or know, because we haven't covered that part uh, on the podcast so far. Is it? Are we okay to talk about this, uh, yeah. Gary? So yeah. your your wife she she contracted breast cancer. Breast cancer, yeah, in
2: thousand
0: seventeen. Yeah. yeah. So it, how, how are things at uh, present? She she's cancer free now. She's
2: fantastic.
3: She's, she, she, she she's amazing, man. She, when she caught her, her first thing was, I'm going to see my children grow up. And she was so determined. I'm going to see them grow up and be settled. That Brilliant. was her goal. That was her. She she's she's just not a negative person at all. Even losing, she's got such a strong faith as well that's what's got her through everything really our faith is really strong
0: I, I can't sing our praises I, I know I wouldn't be doing this or uh, even a yeah that's amazing I'm really happy to hear that it was all in a way it was the catalyst for where where you are now definitely, and definitely. with what's going on because there was certain I would like you to tell everyone about the was it a, it's like a tradition wasn't it or the yeah. the anniversary of yeah. your your twins like Alana and Dana yeah. every every birthday
3: michelle would go around and get birthday cakes and go go out early in the morning and, and deliver it to all lay on the doorsteps for, for her family so it was a memory thing for her yeah selfishly me i would have taken no part in it uh, at all okay, uh, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't even want to talk about it, a birthday or anything sadly when she got the cancer she was bedridden so obviously the birthday came up and she says could you do it and you know what even then I didn't want to do it. But I, I did. Uh, but it absolutely broke me. It absolutely mm. destroyed me when I was delivering them. I came back home, as I said earlier, and I've got I, I, I've got a little room at the back there. Where i teach self defence, and I took Alana's memory box and Donna's memory box into the room there and looked at the baby clothes, which I've never, never, ever done. Mm. Looked at the cards, people lovely cards and messages people sent. And it, I, the only way I can put it down is that it destroyed me. But then, when, then I thought. how how can I tell my story to Michelle? This is where it started. How can I tell yeah. my story? I can't say the words.
0: Mm.
3: So I started writing writing it down. Then I, then, I, then I started to think, there must be other dads, exactly the same as me, yes. different different situations, but lost a child. I thought, how, how can I maybe see if I can get this into a book? Never thinking anything about it, really, put it into a book. And that's how it kind of done. And me and Michelle said, what can we call it? we always called them our little bears So, and I thought Goldilocks and the three bears and me and Michelle played with them and thought Daddy and the two bears and that's that's how it came and you know I, I went to Vernon University saw a woman in there and she wants to get it put into the midwifery section where you know midwives can read it and understand about dads because I, I don't know about you guys I've lost the children I never got offered any help and, I, and I've got to hold my hand up here even if I did I'd have said no I know, I right. know that I would have definitely done that back then There was nothing there, and I just think even now I don't think there's much there. And some somewhere it has to start. It had to start with the women. I'm not taking anything from women. Women deserve everything that what they have and more. But we need to start somewhere with men now. My generation, like I said earlier, might not take participate in that, but there needs to be something there where our children, if that ever happens to them, because you know it will happen to some somebody's child. It's there for them. Mm. and that,
0: that, that I'm really passionate about that I just, I just have to get something now around this country for me as well 100% agree and one thing that you said just a moment ago uh, I'd like to just ask you about a little bit more because you said if you had been offered the help you wouldn't have took it uh, definitely not no. if there's anyone listening to this who are in that that headspace right now yeah. if I did get offered it I wouldn't take it yeah. for someone who's seen both sides of the coin what would you say to that please, person, please, I've got the answer.
3: Please take it. You've got to take it. Yeah, it's so it's so important. I used to think there's no right and wrong way to deal with grief. I can only speak for myself here. The wrong way for me was not dealing with it. Mm. That was that was me. You know, everybody else got different ways. And that you have to deal with it. definitely. Whatever that way deal you're dealing with it, it doesn't have to be a counsellor. It can be a partner. It can be a friend in the pub, a friend in a coffee shop just going for a walk it's talking to somebody you know that, 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 that I'm a believe I'm, I'm a really big passionate believer in that
1: I'm really enjoying that you're so open and thank you you, you said that you took the memory boxes into your self-defense room and that yeah. you couldn't talk and that you found that your way was to obviously write things down yeah why mm-hmm. couldn't you talk? Because
3: I, I, I believed it was weak. I, I believed if I shared my feelings, I, I don't feel – I was hard enough to deal with Michelle's feelings, and I tried to shun, shun away from that. For me being a man and a man who was proud to be a man in the sense, oh. I just didn't want to show weakness. I don't believe that now. Remember, this is going back oh. to 2003, yeah. I, I didn't want to. I, I didn't even. I thought my wife would have thought I was weak. I thought everybody would have thought I was weak. I didn't even shed a tear. When I buried my daughters, so I, I carried the friggin' coffin and I, I was destroyed inside. It, it's not that I think I, I didn't say I'm thinking I don't want to show I'm weak. It was just my being. That's how I was. That's just how I was. I kept emotion intact. Anger was a massive
0: issue for me, but I kept that intact. I, I kept it inside. Anger is, is, it's like a man's emotion then. so It did almost fit in. If you don't mind say it's almost like a quite a, you're like an old school, proper old school fellow. It was all about, you know, just grr men. Yeah. So an anger, it's, it's almost that one is okay to show. You don't want to show the softer side, the emotion, the feelings, right. you know, admitting that everyone can see and everyone would know yeah. that there's pain that you're going through. A yeah. Torment was the word that you used.
3: Definitely, and it was a it was avoiding it, Dan to be honest. I remember I was trained to be a drug worker at the time as well, and I was doing was working in town. I'd purposely stay back late. I just didn't want to see Michelle, that sounds awful. Mm. I just couldn't go and come back into the, the house. It was just
2: empty. Yeah. Yeah. Although it was both limb, that was empty. Yeah. G- yeah. Gary, Gary, did did you feel like you said that obviously you you felt weak in that sense. Did you feel you let people down. I, because
3: yeah. in, in the book Daddy to kind it kind of explains that I blame myself for the twins yeah. dying. Yeah. I, and I I blame myself for years because I hadn't been a good person in my life. And I, I believe in karma. And I thought this was karma. And I couldn't believe it because marrying a lovely person, who, who, Michelle wouldn't even park in WA lines. She's just a lovely woman. And, I, and everything she went through. I just thought this, uh, I, I you know, I and I did think of suicide at times and different things and put the car off the, the roads and things. All that stuff went from
2: I had to battle hard to try and stay alive. My thoughts. We've we've talked we've talked about this uh, before, Roy, haven't we? About the fact that like it, it, it's it's the again, it's kind of an old school way of thinking, but it's like the man is perceived as this
1: protector,
2: yeah. in a sense. Yeah, you and, go
1: and, back to the, you go back to the caveman years. Yeah man provides for family man goes out for food man goes out to work and you know there's obviously been a big shift in a lot of things throughout the media even if you look at things like the pay and and trying to get women in line with with the male sort of directors whoever it may be so they're all on an even keel and know, there's a lot of things changing on TV, isn't there? They're showing a lot more women's football. You only have to sit down now and watch Match of the Day and things like that. And you've got a female presenter along with a male presenter and there are things changing. Yeah, definitely. Um, But I think I just want to pick up on the karma part of it where you said, "I, I found that. I was asking myself questions all the time. What have I done? What have I done that's made this happen? And people would say, you know, about... I've never been a religious person. For me, this effectively pissed on religion in in my case because I just thought to myself, well, hang on a second, if there is someone up there, you know, and and we've all got our own beliefs, if there is somebody up there, why have they done this to me? And I, I just hated the thought then of anybody, you know, in the afterlife, whoever it may be, that, hang on a second, I don't believe in any of that because you've done this to me and you've done this to to my wife and you've done this to my family and what have you. And I constantly found myself questioning what have I done when I was younger? What have I done as I've been grown up? You know, could it have been that I've, you know, have I hurt someone with words? Have I hurt someone physically, whatever it might. And I found that I was looking at things thinking that's the reason why, that's the reason why, that's the reason why, which was then just eating at me constantly because you were blaming things that actually that that's not the reason why it happened it's not the reason why it mm. happened but I was looking for it for the reason why it happened
3: I knew the reasons why it happened because I knew what I'd done in the past so I I knew and in my head then I knew why I was getting punished and then you go back to God I my I was brought up as a, a Methodist my 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 granddad was you know a staunch Methodist mm. a very very strict man And he was very much that. And and because you get told that as an early age, you know, if you hurt somebody, you're going to get it back on you. Mm. And I sadly, I did hurt people. And and even in my life, now I've tried to go and find them people, not for forgiveness, but actually knocking on doors and say, sorry, which I've managed to catch up with some of them. And it's not, I I never look for sympathy. It's not about that with me. I just want to do the right thing now. And uh, that's all I want to do in life and help people, and generally help people, you know. I look at my life now and all I've went through, and as much as I, I, I pray every day, probably like yourselves, whether you pray or not, I talk to my daughters every day. I've turned my life around so much. To, I talk, to, you know, and my daughters drive me forward in a positive way. I, I talk to them every day to, to drive me forward, to do the right thing. If I hadn't been abused, if I hadn't went through, the, I hadn't been in jail, if I hadn't done all these different things in my life, hadn't lost my daughters, I couldn't be doing what I do yeah, now. Exactly. I wish that never happened, mm-hmm. but I could. I, I'm doing what I'm doing now because that happened, and I will continue to the day I die. You know, and that, that's how I deal with it. You know, my my that's my I'm probably here. Yeah, I get I get carried away. I'm so passionate about
1: it. Uh, I, G- Gary, I think I, you've, the questions in the early days where I, I did constantly question, "What have I done? Why me?" I don't think I ever got. Answers to that because yeah. I don't think there are answers to that because I know it wasn't because I've I don't know, put a two-footed tackling on someone. It's that it. that's not the reason why this happened. This happened because it happened, and I, I had to go back and have some psychological support at the beginning of 2020, um, which I, I went for privately because I find I, I go through sort of peaks and troughs really. I, I find times where I do start to hit rock bottom. But then I think like Gary said there, for, for me, I know I walk into work every single day. There's not a day that goes by where Lily's name isn't mentioned or yeah. there's not a day that goes by where I think to myself her legacy or what, what she's created. Cause effectively, yes, we've created it, but she's the person behind it yeah. um, that actually she's helping so many other people. And maybe this is how my life was planned out you know that I am a big believer in the you know when your time's up your time's up and maybe that is how my life story was was supposed to be you know who knows and you know we can get into realms of all sorts of things and get really deep there but I think sometimes you you are tested to an extent to help you to help sorry other people and to help you move forward I think sometimes there's a, there's questions that just can't be answered, and actually you can beat yourself up about them. But actually, I think pulling the positive out of it and saying that you know this is here because of what has happened, and that she, Lily serving a purpose. And if that, yeah. I, I think I've just waffled. Yeah. Up there, but no, no, you no, make right. total, sense. Yeah. No. Total, no. total sense.
2: I I, I feel and um, working in schools, especially since it's weird since Callie came along, I've been a lot calmer with the way I deal with children in school i was brought up on a real kind of old school coaching sort of if a child's done something wrong then you need to show them discipline whereas now i feel like callie kind of sits on my shoulder and she kind of sits there and i feel she sort of looks and, and says almost says to me you know what i didn't get the chance to be here so just be soft just be soft and just work with these children because i didn't get that chance to experience this so allow them to have their time and make sure that you support them the best way you can and that that, ever since she came along that's how I've dealt with children which is is great really compared to what it was I think again for me coming
0: from the the angle of this is not something that's personally affected me. I've learned something on every single episode that we've done, but I do like the way that we do get a lot of the same themes, but just looking at them from the different personalities and how people process them. And there, one thing I have seen there is always that look. Obviously, it's uh, I don't want to patronize or, or anything. It's such a it's such a tragedy. But there is always that that way back that's what i've seen and that's what i've learned from people that are really inspiring and i know there's there's bad days and uh, you know there's good days as i think you alluded to yourself just a moment or two ago ryan so there's always something that you can learn there's always someone you can talk to and i do want to talk gary about about the book that you've, uh, your first book, it came out in March. It's called Daddy and the Two Bears, which is a, it's a great name. I'd like you to tell us about the book, the journey on it, how it felt during the, the writing process.
3: I, def- I definitely feel it ha- helped helped me that that's one, you know, I, I didn't feel it was helping me at the start
0: because
3: mm. it was so stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. I brought up things, you know, I, I actually felt sick some of the times as much as you probably might understand that anyway. Mm. And I had to have it right, and I, I, you know, for the publisher and everything, and we we'll argued about the cover and things, and I'd, everything had to be spot on. I thought if this book's gonna go. It has to be how I see it. So, you know, it's full of swear words. You know, some people say you have got a swear box in your house. It had it had to be real, and, yeah. and you know, and I I can't believe it. I, I just looked at Amazon reviews before, before I came out. I, I try and stay away from all that stuff. I can't believe how many people the reviews are all getting something different from, oh. from the book, like a romance and oh. hope, and there's light at the end of the tunnel, and there's just so much positive stuff. As much as it's a sad, heartbreaking story, this, it gives you hope, and, yeah. and, and that's for me. It's, that's a big thing for me. It's about giving people hope. It's about opening conversations for people, knowing your partner's. The medical staff, midwives, Mm. so many people to open that conversation about dads go through exactly the same. Yeah, not taking anything away from women. I never ever would do that.
2: Yeah, but
3: we we struggle as well.
0: I think that's very. I think that's really well said. It's especially from this is why I like a book over the television in in this scenario because, and it links in with what you said. I think about the all these different reviews and the reactions to it because you are translating the words to pictures in your own head so it's different for every single person the same words can create such different images just based on how i guess your your own brain is 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 wired
3: once it was finished i felt physically sick
0: Mm.
3: and if you you see that that, i mean can i show the cover yeah of course you can can. if you look at that cover if you can see it what that means to me it can mean so many different things to other Mm. people when i finished that book
1: i finally let go that was the hands. That's how I've looked at that. That's oh, how I look at that. It's almost yeah. like you've let go and they're, they're going. But
3: they're I was scared. To I was, yeah, and I put it, mm-hmm. a lot of finished the book, I put it off a week, I put it off because I was still scared to let it go yeah. into the public eye and things. And people slate it and people, you know, be horrible about it because that book means, it actually makes me emotional. It's, it just means everything to me, everything. Not my life story. My life story is a yeah. different sort of thing. That is so raw. It's just, it, it just says how it is. So when I saw it out there, it's it, it, it did make me feel sick. You know, I've got to yeah. be honest there because people are going to read it, you know, but it's it's gone now and I just hope, you know, there'll be people that read it and they'll never ever know who they are and I, I just hope they get something from it and, I, and that's for me, it's about hope and opening up conversations and looking after your mental health.
0: 100% yeah. The courage that you've had to Because you said You stopped and started a few times It oh, would have been okay. easy not to complete it Not to carry yeah. on How long did it take out of interest? Three years Three years I had to really fight myself to put it out uh, There were so
3: many times I didn't want to, Because I felt like am I selling my soul here All these sort of things going
0: through my head And things And and also for me it shows how you, you you've evolved from Maybe some of the old mentality Because Definitely. there's a lot of what you would perceive as male weakness in there and you're putting it out there for everyone yeah, it's, to see it's, it's male strength now isn't it that's 100 uh, uh, 100 um, where can people can, is it available everywhere
3: out now people you can you can get it on amazon and i think i think that's probably the uh, probably the best place to get it you can get on waterstones and uh, okay. uh, 3p publishing but i think most
0: people just go on amazon nowadays don't they? Daddy and the Two Bears is the name of it. We'll put the link to it in the description. I think the cover is on the the, uh, the picture for the episode also, Gary, so that everyone will be able to see that. I am quite, if uh, if you're watching this live on Facebook, I am aware the last episode of Line of Duty <laughs> starts in six minutes. Also, Ryan has just privately messaged me saying he's desperate for a wee-wee. <laughs>
2: so,
1: there's a couple of comments. D, Parry. She's put me and my partner have been following you for a few years now when we lost our angel, Lily May. So I'm assuming that's following the charity. It's so nice to hear um, the dad's talking. Uh, We both work in mental health. And I think that's what has kept us both going as we have an insight. Um, But then also where you were talking there, Gary, about uh, the book and talking about how uh, you put it all together and stuff. It was just literally one word, amazing, with two hearts after it as well. So, no, no thank you. Out there listening. Tell you what, we could do actually as well, Dan. Is uh, when on. we when we do produce it, we'll if I don't know how we do. Maybe we could do a voiceover where we can set people off into the to a link or something to to pick. I'm talking rubbish now. Probably Dan. It's because you need a wee isn't it you're not thinking yeah, yeah. you're only yeah. thinking of your bladder. I'm thinking, I'm thinking production type things. You might be able to do something to get um get a link through to the uh <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I oh, don't notice sure. that, you know when you
0: really need to go. Like your brain just stops like I'm shut... literally sad yeah. with my legs crossed like it's, it's an age up. thing for me. I think yeah, if I need the toilet, my brain goes, I've got to shut something down so I can focus on <laughs> bladder control. Shut down, shut down words, they're gone now no more of them so well listen Gary thank you so much for for coming on I think you're fascinating I think you've got an amazing amount of courage and as I mean it's almost it's not platitudes when I say I'm in awe of of the guests that we've had on and and everything and uh, thank you very much I am very interested to to follow your journey carrying on from here with your other books too and everything so thank you very much
3: guys I really appreciate this as well and good
1: luck with the charity Ryan. you know it's a good good thing you're doing Thank you, Gary. And I'll tell you what, I really want to... um, Myself, Dan and Matt were talking about doing a live podcast, but actually doing it from a Public house potentially, Ryan.
0: Ryan, oh, yeah. you know, don't ask Gary if he could be dormant, ask him if he wants to join us on the podcast. <laughs>
1: that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> It'd be great to do a live, like we were talking about, having a live podcast with a, maybe an audience or something like that. So, I think definitely we'd love to have you, Gary. Just, oh, that's that's kind of you. thanks. I'll, I'll definitely be up for that, lads. That'd yeah, thank just you. In case we get beaten up, so at least you can stick up for us, then ah, oh, then there's yeah. a
0: finish now, then long gone. <laughs> Brilliant. Have a great night, everybody, and enjoy the final line of duty. No spoilers. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
2: Bye.